so you know if it, i'm thinking if we get this going um yeah. once we get into like discussing like actual like what we've been up to i don't think this would be like the first episode there have been ones i've listened to where they like they they do test episodes and put them up as like a bonus thing Mm-hmm. But we, if we got it going and you know developed a proper format for it, we could. I'd say we could probably do this like once a week or every other week, depending no on problem. our abilities. Yeah, no problem. And uh, it would generally be. I, I, I mean, we don't have to stick with it depending on how you feel about it. I'm thinking maybe like we would have the opening like a portion like 20, 30 minutes to, or even more, depending just to talk about like what we've been up to lately in terms of like. Because it's going to be kind of a media-focused podcast. Like, okay. All the kind of geek culture stuff we're into, movies, yeah. cartoons, games. And the other idea has that we'd also review stuff. And the way that could work is I think we could try and, like, we each pick one thing in an episode. And, but if, that, if we feel like, you know, if we review two things in one episode and feel like we want to say more, maybe we could take turns picking one thing every week. Oh sure, and we I'm could down. also we could also mix it up depending on like what the length of the thing we're talking about. Like we probably fit like two movies into an episode, but yeah. like a show or some a long game or something. Okay, it could be flexible. I'm down. Cool, and um, also, you know, even though I've known you for a while, it, it, I think it will help if we, you know, discuss more with each other about like what kind of stuff we're typically into. I think that okay. would also help us influence picks in terms of i'm sure there's gonna be part of the interesting thing is we there probably would be stuff we'll disagree on because that's the way people work yeah Uh, but it might be easier for us to find something that like the other can just there's a higher likelihood of them at least being able to like comprehend what they're going for yeah and i I mean we could have guest stars every now and then like i think if if serena if it goes well serena could join us for every once now and then serena can join us colin can join us if he's available i'd be found down with like any old classmates maybe people i don't know but if you think they'd be good for the show i'd be interested in trying sure and i might try others eventually um i have a couple other friends who i don't think you've met because they they aren't from school or anything that's fine um Maybe eventually, like my, my brother's ever home for like college or something. He 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 is not as big a geek as us, but he is to a degree. Like he he works in theater. He loves comedy and film and games and cartoons stuff. He he would that we would be able to do some stuff with him. Okay, not a problem. All right. Oh, are you are you working on something right now? I'm uh, sorry. You must hear me typing, don't you? Oh, no, no. It, it looks like you were like kind of sketching something too. It's okay. I'm just yeah. <laughs> I did, I wanted to make sure that um my um that when I hit the laptop, you didn't hear like a whole bunch of banging around. I long short of it. Yeah, I am. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I heard it, but it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Okay. You, you can you can keep doing it. I think the only uh, opposition the only option I'd have was you know if we keep doing the show if you do it all the time because I think that would drive people up the hall. But like every now and then, I think that's fine. That's fine. I'll see what I, I'll see what's going on with my microphone. Yeah, it's, next time we can try been, it. I'll look yeah, into it too. Maybe it's been kind of crappy lately. I'm not sure why. I've barely that, used it, but okay. What uh, what brand is it? This is a, a Samsung C oh, um, C01U. It's basically a podcast microphone. Okay, it's, I've, it's supposed I've, to be built for this kind of thing, but I think I've I may have left it out for far too long. Oh, so a little rusty maybe. Or Maybe it's collected too much dust, or maybe just the connection just as bad. Okay, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say do some googling and you know see what you can you can do yourself to work on it. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I got I got it earlier this year. It's a uh, Yeti Blue, whatever they call it. Oh yeah, Blue Snowball. Yeah, it's, I had it's, one. I had a Yeti. They were pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm trying to do some stuff for YouTube too. Like I'm trying to do a game review that I've already like this obscure Wii game that I've recorded to play through for. And I'm already writing the script for you know I, I'd love to do the kind of you know John Tron approach or like those <laughs> just not not like a let's play but like an edited witty review um, yeah so that'd be interesting to work on in addition to like other cartoons and stuff I hear so you. so okay so first off what are some types like I know you like film you like animation you like games what mm-hmm. are some like particular genres that really appeal to you and what are other things that appeal to you like hobby and interest wise the kind of genres that kind of uh, that really appeal to me has always been like the action um the action adventure genre and uh, i'd say that because you can in the, uh, aside from the fact that well it's you can get a lot of fast-paced action you can get a lot of uh, different kinds of adventures doing both of those you get like a variety of what you can do with action adventure you can you can potentially do fantasy you can potentially you know fill in some comedy there's a lot that you can do with that particular genre and it's 
there's a good slew of character dynamics that you can use. Obviously, with any sort of genre, you can mix and match, but I tend to have the most fun, personally, when when you get like a giant smorgasbord of different personalities, either doing action packiony things or searching for treasure. Yeah, just yeah. just a myriad of things when you're when you're dealing with that kind of genre. That totally makes sense, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I am going to turn on my webcam. I feel like they're it's not fair for me to. I kind of can. Can you see me? Okay. Let me see. Yep, I can see you just fine. Let me tilt down just a bit. There we go. I can see you just fine. I see your Legend of Zelda poster there. It's looking pretty cool. Yeah, I've got a couple of posters. um, Yeah. Zelda, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, On my left, you can't see it. I've got a Rayman poster. I feel like we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts at some point. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to if you don't like it. But oh no, I actually. uh, I think you mentioned you're kind of you're not a fan of the over the top. How the actual story i actually have very strong feelings about kingdom hearts don't get me wrong the first installment was really fun and it's actually one of my favorite games but it's been 15 years and i don't think that the same tried and true formula of complicated storytelling actually bodes well for entertain uh, for yeah. as, as an entertaining game that's just me personally no, by the know, time that's, that's i love it and I, I think it's a pretty valid opinion too um I'm just kind of I've been taking solace and like they're saying kind of like three is going to be kind of the end of that story arc and mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to reboot it but they'll be able yeah. to start a little more fresh whenever they make another one. I, I definitely think there's a lot more that they can do with it oh, yeah. once Kingdom Hearts three comes out. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm act, but I'm actually kind of I'm actually a little tired of uh, of Sora's story and I've been wanting it to end for quite some okay, time. I got to bum you out. They actually did say he's going to stay the protagonist. <sighs> okay, but maybe <laughs> I mean I'll bet you they'll maybe they'll pull like a Devil May Cry four and like share it with new people like. Uh, blood eventually sure okay and you know what i'm actually i've been saying like after three i actually would not mind the series taking a hiatus the Mm -hmm. best thing about three taking song to make is that i kind of feel like disney's had a second renaissance in these past couple years yeah in terms of their quality like from tangled onward it's just been a lot of really good stuff yeah they've really risen in prominence again and that's given we already know that two of those recent movies the two confirmed worlds are recent movies yeah and uh so I think, and you know, everybody's wondering about Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. That's oh, they're, still they're, they're totally going to do those. I if, think, I mean, they, they've already confirmed it at this point. Well, I think Pixar's a given. Yeah, because actually, yeah. did you see that one of the uh, special moves is the Buzz Lightyear ride? I didn't see that because you know they're doing those like attraction moves. That are yeah, doing. I've seen. I'm I'm a little on the fence about the attraction moves, but I, I think, think they're. Cool. I, I think I, they're. I really hope they don't ditch uh, summons. That yeah, was a, that was a cool way to see some characters who wouldn't uh, be there otherwise. Like, I'm like, I feel like I love Zootopia. Mm-hmm. That might be too recent for them to get a world, but maybe Judy could be a summon or something. I think uh, who knows. Well, that, that's the thing about summons and 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 Kingdom Hearts in general. Uh, when we get to uh, by the time Kingdom Hearts two came along, it, it felt less like a game and more like and more of an interactive movie. Mm-hmm. And I love interactive movies. I love Azura's Wrath, but if the game is if the game presents itself as an interactive movie and you actually play an interactive movie and it's fun, then I'm all for that. But if it's a game, if it's an interactive movie pretending to be a game, like I felt Kingdom Hearts Two was, mm-hmm. which is just press triangle, watch a cutscene, press triangle, watch it's a cutscene. Yeah, I, I felt a little cheated, and I felt like I felt like the story was was needlessly complicated. And it's Again, only gotten more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh boy. I, I can't help but love it. But I I remember I was uh, explaining to my brother about yeah. So in 3ds, like the villains using time travel and and oh, past stuff. He's like, this is really complicated for a game with Mickey Mouse in it. This is a yeah. <laughs> it's very it's, easy to forget. It's technically a big Disney crossover. It's a big Disney crossover with very with very pretty teenagers with who very are fawning for it. other characters. Yes, and you know what? Characters. And you know what? I, I rag on it and I critique it and I say questionably mean things about Kingdom Hearts. Deep down, I really do love it. It's because <laughs> you love it. Yeah, I'm doing it because I love you, Kingdom Hearts. Um. Oh, and so so uh, this all led from our uh, genre question. So is that, that's your favorite kind of general gen- genre of game? Yeah, action adventure yeah. that that can mix with fantasy, I suppose. But yeah, yeah action um, adventure. I'd say my answer is partly that as well. Uh, though, and I, I mean, I guess my favorite genre still falls in that I, I love platformers. Oh, yeah. I grew up on them, so I still cannot. Um, some of my favorite games the past couple of years have been the new Rayman games. If I could, if I could high five you on a new Rayman game, I, uh, you They're, know. What? You, there we, we go. Do it later. We can do it later. There we go. Um, next time we're in person. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I think they're kind of underrated. The new Donkey Kong Country games have been fantastic. Tropical mm-hmm. Freeze kind of blew me away. But yeah. keep in mind, 
I love Donkey Kong more than most people. Like it is up there with Mario as the big Nintendo franchise of my childhood. You know, I can see that. That's that's yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and even first. like you know, I think we talked a little bit about uh, Ratchet and Clank. Like those are kind of pure kind of action adventure slash platformers. I love that series too. I'm you know, that guy who saw the movie opening night. So. Oh wow! To defeat a threat this big, Commence <laughs> Two unlikely heroes. Ah, my name's Ratchet. I'll call you Clank. We'll need courage. I'm going in. Power and friendship. I find this arrangement slightly embarrassing. Yeah, and, uh, I, and I didn't hate it, but it was. I, it, I I think you've you've seen the reviews and stuff. I talked to you about it. I've seen the reviews, and you know what? At first glance, I, I, I now keep in mind I didn't see the Ratchet and Clank movie. Yeah. So at first glance, I knew what it was going to be. I knew that it was going to be a bit mediocre and probably not as good as the game itself. But I knew it wasn't going to be a movie that I was going to hate. That that's that's something completely different. Yeah, I, I, from what I've seen, fans of the games, yeah, they generally didn't hate it. And mm-hmm. I'll just be, I'll just, yeah, it's just in a, you know we're going on these tangents. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was I was so I was actually really excited for the movie because I do like the game's world and the characters. And I think mm-hmm. and if you played like the future games, they were actually starting to get a little more emotional and dark in spots. Yeah. They have more concrete stories, and I was like, they could do that with this. And I, I'm not asking for a classic, but. I think there could be some heart and depth to it. So I was thinking up to the day it came out, like, I'm either going to walk out of this really happy, like they nailed it, or I'm going to walk out pissed. Like, oh, they screwed this up. I never expected I would fall in between. Like, it's a competent kids movie. It is definitely uh, fun if you're a fan of these characters, but there is uh, no depth to it. And that was my main main issue with it. Like, some of the character dynamics are wrong, too. I'm sure you've heard Ratchet and Clank don't do much together in that movie. Yeah, and, then and you Ratchet, know what? Ratchet is a character who spent like two games when Clank was kidnapped, solely looking for him. Jeez, you okay. never get it in this in this movie. Okay, well, it didn't really seem like a movie that I was. It didn't seem particularly interesting uh, for me. This, and this was around a time. This was around a time when a lot of like visually good movies were already, uh, yeah. or visually interesting movies, yes. uh, animated movies were coming out this at was that like two point. Two weeks after Zootopia, which might be my favorite animated movie of the year. That's and, uh many ways. it's yeah I, I think zootopia is my favorite actually yeah. zootopia has climbed up to be my favorite disney movie of all time it, it's one of mine i still think i might be in the aladdin camp but mm-hmm. I, I watched that again this year and i'm still loving it but zootopia <laughs> that's actually i saw that a sec i saw that first uh first time on my own then i saw mm-hmm. it with my sister and she that's it's become her favorite disney movie and she's yeah. uh she's 20 so i feel uh, like a, i'm looking right at it and i want to i want to watch it and you know what we've been meaning to buy a zootopia poster for quite some time so i'm going to look it up on amazon do it. and see if they have it yeah All but right. um but just quick getting back to ratchet and clank yeah. Um, that's another one. I actually, and that's another missed opportunity. Was was the uh, character animation was great. The yeah. environments were like very uh, kind of a shell of the game. Like they, there aren't many locations. Like mm-hmm. half of it is just spent in the space stations and stuff. And I know that it had a lower budget than um, usual. Like I yeah. think they said it was twenty million, whereas Utopia is probably like a hundred million because uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of a smaller companies doing it. And they, but they were saying um, because the PS4 game was made because of the movie. They uh-huh. had the idea to do the movie as a reboot of the first game first, and then Insomniac and Sony were like, you know what? Let's take advantage of that and do a new do a throwback. And okay. they was they were saying like they would swap assets with each other. Like mm. one would make like the characters, environments. They would make like Insomniac would be a good model, or the movie makers would, and they would fine tune it to work in both. And I'm like, I can tell that with the characters, they look good. And mm-hmm. the environments don't look bad, but why are there so few of them? Like Ratchet and Clank has all these cool like a swamp planet, uh, and I, I think there's like three locations mm. in terms of how distinct they look um, okay there's technically more but you it's it's and I, but i actually did get some laughs out of it like that's good there are jokes that are duds but mm-hmm. um i mean i've always think that the games are kind of like that like so there, there could be jokes that are duds but they there's so much there are way more that like you, you, you smile or chuckle mm-hmm. and uh and like i said the later games have more heart and this is kind of like that but without like the emotion even when it tries to have emotional moments i'm just like yeah all right and last thing i'll say in terms of the, what was changed from the games they didn't get all the character personalities right like i'm sure you heard that um the main villain Drek was recast mm. uh, originally it was kevin michael richardson who i love that uh, guy. he is yeah He's got a huge body of work. If you haven't heard from him, look enough. You've heard him somewhere. Cleveland yeah, show. I, I, know, I know he is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm speaking to whoever listens to this. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's He has a long list. He's a great voice. He's like this deep. It's an awesome voice. And uh, they recast him with Paul Giamatti, which is mm-hmm. interesting. And I actually do like Paul Giamatti. He's fine in it. 
Uh, but they made him kind of more of a goofball because they added the villain of Dr. Nefarious, who is mm. the series' best-known villain, and because mm-hmm. he's pretty awesome in the games. He's this very manic, silly. He fits the tone of the series. And in the movie, Nefarious is a much more calm and standard mad scientist villain, which is uh, kind of a bummer. He so still gets good moments. So he's, so he's a bit more watered down in the movie. Uh, yeah, other than the... They still got his voice actor back, and... Um, mm-hmm. I actually, my uh, my old roommate told me recently, uh, it's a guy named Armin Shimmerman, who was on uh, Deep Space Nine and Buffy, among a lot of other things. Mm, okay. <laughs> and, on, and on Star Trek, he played a character called Quark, which is ironic <laughs> considering Ratchet Clank. And he is he gives it his all. I mean, but there's just not as much of an opportunity for him to go crazy. And you know, they decide to make him not a robot until okay. Spoilers! After the credits, you see him <laughs> a robot, and that, oh, that's one of the um, one of the lamer jokes in the movie. Recurring jokes was every time they show a subtitle for a place, they'll have like a little silly thing like uh, "evil speech" in three, two, one, or "here's this city, the gift shop's open." I wasn't liking those, but the last one, so they show the cast, and then they do like a Marvel stinger, and it says "crash site." Oh, like you didn't see this coming, and I was okay. like, I, like <laughs> I didn't see that. I did see that coming. I'm glad you called you called us out. It was it was it was cute, but um, I I remember thinking like. You know, I'm glad I didn't hate this hate or dislike this movie. I was able to have fun with it, but I wish it had. Uh, I, I I saw other reviewers, like people who weren't familiar with the game, saying like this kind of you could kind of feel the budget. It kind of felt like something would have better suited for a DVD, or I would have loved. It would have been a great thing to put on either Netflix or as a PlayStation Network exclusive movie. Yeah, I think that would have been a very cool. It would have had people temper like me temper their expectations a bit. But we still, like, still would have been able to have fun with it. And they lost a lot of money on it. Like It, it did. Like, it, it did. Tanked. And I, it and I, and I think that – I'm not, uh, I don't think that a lot of uh, production companies were expecting Ratchet and – were really like holding out hope that Ratchet be, and Clank it, would do really well. No, no, no. But, but, I'm, it, but I'm sure – It would make $20 million worldwide. Like, yeah. Worldwide release, I'm, that is bad. I'm sure some, some. I'm sure there were some. There was like a, a few executives or a few producers watching it to to be sure. Like if it does well, well we can continue with the Sly Cooper movie, or we can continue. Gonna, that movie's not going to happen now. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I I'm not. Was, but... I mean, you know, I don't even know why we're still doing the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. To be that perfectly is the honest. Dumbest. Why now? Uh, why that? Just where were why? you in the '90s? Sonic is Sonic is very ex- extreme. It's, well, I'm not going to say extreme, but. It's probably a topic for another day. Yes, so yes. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll move Actually, on from can, that for now. Can I pause for just a second to make sure the recording is coming out right? Sure. One sec. Please stand by. All right, recording again for the viewers. I thought there was a technical issue. There was not. I was just being paranoid. I was also I was mentioning to uh, Chris in between uh, about the podcast experience. And uh, is it okay if I say like you tested a little bit before? Yeah, we we I, I tested it a little bit with uh, with a good friend uh, Colin Bird. Yeah, and we tried doing it, but um, it, unfortunately, it seems like uh, uh, we got busy. I got busy working on my projects, uh, and he got really busy. So it was kind of yeah, life happened. He got left up in yeah. the air. So uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you now, and I'll I'll send you a link when we're done. Um, sure. About three years ago, I discovered. I remember for a while I couldn't find good animation podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's changed in recent years. And yes. uh, one of the first ones I really got into is a thing called Generation Animation. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a fun show. It is uh, four, actually now five regular co-hosts. And oh, they're cool. from all over the place because they do it on Skype too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think two are in Florida, one's in Wisconsin, one's in mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland. That's and awesome. And one's in London. And, wow. Uh, they actually met each other doing a wrestling podcast that's still going on. Oh, cool. And uh, I think that's still like the most popular show on their uh, podcast network. I've never listened to it. I don't know anything about wrestling. But, okay. Um, and they actually, they they work in wrestling references and they've done <laughs> reviews of like like the Scooby-Doo WWE crossover and Very stuff cool. like that. Um, so they are, they they their gimmick is they do another like rotation thing where they pick one show or movie per week and it goes in that, you know, rotating order of each co-host. Yeah, and they also uh, in a neat thing you can go on their message board and do uh, requests, and they'll uh, randomly pick one after all they're done, and that's given some very funny episodes, both nice. like for good stuff and just really dumb stuff. Okay, um, and so I got involved on their message board after discovering them in late 2013, uh-huh. and they started. They were saying that we were more we were interested in having because uh, you know they have guest hosts sometimes. We're interested in, re- in doing it with members of the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, because I was active, they reached out to me, and they've invited me back for two other for two times since. So, uh, first time I did was the MTV Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> uh, it didn't hold up as well as I hoped, but it was a very uh, fun discussion. 
Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, you heard of SWAT cats? Yes, I have. Did that, watched it properly for the first time, surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, SWAT, SWAT cats was a particularly strong show yes. for, for, for that for that era in the and 90s where everything was extreme and yeah, everything oh, was rad. And the co-host didn't like end up liking it because of that. He couldn't get past that. But it was, uh, it was uh, a fun. I'm sorry, say that one more, one more time. One, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Just say that one more time. When they reviewed SWAT Cats, when we all did, one of the co-hosts couldn't get past that. He wasn't able to enjoy the show because <laughs> of the extremeness. And also, oh. Oh, he's a, it's, he's funny because he is the one who, I feel like in terms of like anime, their general fonts of it varies. He is the one who straight up goes like, I don't like anime. That's a and shame. It's, no, but it's funny when, like, <laughs> he, like, if he really doesn't have anything to say, he'll generally be quiet. And uh-huh. it's funny when they find ones he does like. Like, um, he liked the first episode of uh, Gurnlagon. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a strong uh, – that was good. a strong I wonder, show. I just wonder what um, – oh, no, I know what – I remember what made me go really, – he really doesn't like like anime. He watched uh, some episodes of Cowboy Bebop and was like, ah, this is boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like Cowboy Bebop? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, when I – Growing up, when the Toonami block first hit uh, and Adult Swim became a thing uh, way back in the 90s, yeah. everyone was talking about Cowboy Bebop. And man, did I really want to get into that show. But it was too deep or too uh-huh. co- not complicated, but it wasn't interesting enough for me. It wasn't um, – it, it was it was definitely a smor- – uh, I wouldn't want to say it was a smorgasbord show, but but it dealt with different themes. It wasn't terribly consistent, but yeah. that was part of the beauty of the show. Beast. But it, it was never – is that still the taste, taste, taste today? It's still not quite to your taste? Well, um, I say back then because okay. now I have a better appreciation for things uh, 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 for, uh, for things like that. Okay. So uh, I actually have not sat down with the entirety of Cowboy Bebop. Ever. I've only sat down with about three episodes in my entire lifetime. Oh, I would say give another shot because I would love to actually because now uh, now do I see it out more in the open and now do I see how highly regarded it regarded yeah. it is. I actually watched an episode of earlier this year and I was like, this is a strong show. Yeah. It, what the it, hell was I watching Dragon Ball Z for when I was well, younger? DBZ <laughs> is a great show no, for I'm any kidding. inner any any teenage boy. It, I, it, I'm kidding. It, I'm, I say that because my wife is a is a big Dragon Ball Z fan, and I'm wondering if she heard that. I still, still kind of am. I, I started watching um, the Battle of Gods movie, and I was I had fun with it. But yeah. um, so okay, just so just to finish the podcast talk, third time was for uh, Advent Children, the Final Fantasy VII movie, uh, which okay. I was pretty sure. Like I remember, I liked it when it came out. I was really worried I wasn't going to like it, and I actually still do. But it is not newbie friendly at all. It is the if new. Never, if you've never played that game, stay away from Advent Children. If you yeah. have, give it a look. It's fun, but see, it's not deep. See, I'm the I'm the guy. I'm probably one of two people on Earth who does not like Final Fantasy VII. So no, it has it has detractors. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, so when I jumped into Advent Children when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, I liked Advent Children, yeah. but I want and I. I wanted that to be the reason why I could get into FF7. So I went back, played FF7, still, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> are, are you interested in the remake, though? Um, I am interested in the remake, but I I honestly wish that they would have remade, and I'm hoping that they will remake like Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy IX, because Final Fantasy IX is my favorite Final Fantasy. Next That's to- my favorite PS1 Final Fantasy. Cool. I'm, I also am a big fan of X. Mm-hmm. I don't think that needs a remake anytime soon. They did that no, good remaster, and it looks great. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is actually six. Yeah, I've a, actually I've actually never played six, but I'm I'm I want to. I'm going back and trying to uh, properly beat it. I'm doing fan art of all the characters. It is. Cool. I mean, I'm not sure I can guarantee that you know if you've never played it, that it'll blow your mind. That's fine. But, I'm just um, looking for something that's fun and um, that's fun and interesting. It's really charming. Like I can't, I I can never believe the soundtrack they pulled off on super nes with that wow. um it is a beautiful and just the environments are um gorgeous uh, uh and the character it, it has a really big cast i think part of that is because they don't have to worry about voice acting and stuff yeah. but uh it's fun like that i think uh well my favorite final fantasies are uh ff9 9 yeah uh ff10 okay i did um even though 12 had a very unforgiving production cycle and I had a lot of production woes mm-hmm. as anyone who has Google can figure out. Um, I did like 12. How? Uh, but having said that, I recently played Bravely Default. I know that it's not canonically an actual Final Fantasy, but, it is to you. but uh, that is a that is a favorite of mine. I, I played a little bit of that. Yeah, that is, that's going back to the roots. So, yeah. 
I, I do like what I played. I need to get back. I need to get back into it. My backlog is so huge. I'm sure you can sympathize. Yeah. Once a gamer earns dis- a disposable income and a full time job. Yeah. Oof. Then yeah, it's it's kind of hard to keep up. At I'm that I'm so close to beating Mass Effect Three. I started oh, playing that game three years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I actually could not get into Mass Effect, honestly. I, I tried very first, hard. Um, my my old roommate, it's his favorite series, and he convinced me to get another shot. And mm-hmm. even though I'm still not the biggest fan of like the shooter gameplay, I, I actually do love its story and characters Aww. in the world. Like, cool. Um, and I'm curious to see how uh, Andromeda turns out. Uh, but just so real quick, Vincent, that's my prior podcast experience. So before we get into you know what you've been up to, what are some movie types you like? Or like storytelling in, in terms of uh, TV, movies, books? What are some of your favorite types of genres and... Like approaches to things. Well, I, I I particularly try to pay attention to something that's approachable or something that's easily accessible. I, yeah. I like I, I like uh, just like anybody. I like characters that um uh, that you can kind of stand next to and have a conversation with and feel like that you know if you met if you bump them to them uh, at any uh, any time of day that they would actually be people. So right. okay, relatable. Are we, talking, are we talking about games or is this? Oh, this is talking about like movies. Okay, in yeah, that's what I was saying. And uh, and when I. When I say that, I think the best example I can give would be something like the Avengers or Marvel's current line of, cin- okay, of cinema. I'm a, I'm a big Marvel movie fan myself, so yeah. we can talk about that. Are you seeing Doctor Strange? I haven't seen Doctor Strange. No, it's not out yet. It's it's not out yet. Uh, and uh, before I go before I go any further, hmm. uh, even though I say even though I use that as an example, I preface this that I'm kind of tired of superhero movies right now. That's fine. So I wanted so I'm trying to take a bit of a break, but. The way Marvel uh, introduces their characters and introduces their world, um, the worlds that these characters inhabit, um, they're always approachable. They're always yes. people that you you feel like that. Hey, I could probably grab a beer with that guy. Hey, if I was if I had superpowers, I wouldn't want to be fighting with that guy. They're very approachable, but they're still able to build on it. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I wouldn't show someone Civil War as their first movie. No, because there's just not. too much backstory there. But yeah. I think you could probably get them to watch. Uh, you would need, they, I don't think you'd have to watch every single movie before it. Maybe just the ones mm-hmm. that introduce each character. Yeah, and I, and I think that um, movies that that establish regular people or r- relatable people uh-huh. doing extraordinary things, I think uh, that's something that really hits home for me because I I, I like. Uh, I've always uh, been in love with that notion that doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how normal or how average you think you are. Everyone's yeah. capable of doing something incredible. There, there is a reason we have many underdog stories, and that's because it's inspiring and uh, mm-hmm. comforting. Yeah, and because I mean, underdog stories do happen in real life. So, yes, they do. Uh, sometimes big successes come out of just the blue with people you wouldn't think. That's right. Um, so I can, yeah, I can totally see that, and. Uh, are you so? Are you generally kind of turned off when things get when a movie gets really experimental or abstract? Like not, a, not really. A part of me understands just how crazy um, or just how um, how distant that can feel when a movie does get like that. Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to get into Train Spotting, and it wasn't until like uh, I began to actually start dissecting film and start to critique film mm-hmm. that I had a better appreciation of it and started to really love it. Yeah. Um, the same can the same goes for anime. I used to like really be into like cotton candy anime, like Dragon Ball Z or, or yeah. Naruto, which like is the, the norm putting on shallow, easy to understand stuff. Yeah, something something that you can easily take in. You know, it's a fight manga. Yeah, you know these. You know, no matter what episode you jump into, you know these characters are going to fight. That's what you came here for. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also there's also like the crazy experimental stuff um, that comes from the minds like uh, uh, Hideaki Anno of Evangelion and when Satoshi I was young, Khan. yeah, Satoshi Kon. When I heroes. when I was really young, I uh, uh, when I was super young in high school, I stumbled upon the end of Evangelion, and oh you can God. get you can get no trippier than the end of I, Evangelion. I hope you were sober watching it. Oh no, I was like 14, 15. Oh my god. Bad decision. Yeah, yeah. But, I haven't even I haven't seen all that movie, but I've seen the parts of all the parts to make me go like, man, I'm not going to watch this while It's a of- very it's a very depressing film, but I it's kind but of a horrifying I, film too. Well, well uh, I love that I love that film. It's uh, uh, I'm it's it's got a lot of layers and a lot of texture oh, to yeah. it, and it's super experimental. The, yeah. Like there, there's the no has, re- the series has a whole lot of layers to it, but it's the movies where they they go nuts with yeah. their presentation and 
and uh, underlying part. Another parts. movie, uh, another uh, another movie that's very experimental with its design or even with its medium is. Uh, uh, have you watched uh, Modica Magica? I have not, but I, I know that's kind of like a deconstruction of the magical girl shows. It's a deconstruction of magical girl shows, but visually, it also does a lot. Without spoiling anything, it does a lot of it does a lot with two D animation. It does a lot with cut out abstract animation. Oh, wow. So they kind of blend the two together. Do they ever use and CG stuff too? Sometimes they use CG, but they keep it more in the background. Yeah, that's kind um, of a natural. That's kind of a common thing for animated mix or animation general mix too. Go ahead. Yeah, it's done by uh, Studio Shaft, and Shaft is. Uh, well, yeah, as far as its uh, direction is concerned, Shaft does a lot of really cool experimental design stuff with its comp- uh, with its shot compositions. And Monica Magica is no different. In fact, the most recent movie the, um, called Rebellion has some of the most experimental animation that I've seen within anime so far. Uh, I wish I was a little bit more <laughs> uh, in-depth with anime. Uh, I, yeah. I typically don't watch as much as I would like to. I don't watch but, as much as I used to, but I've gotten back into it more than in uh, recent years. I mean, than in yeah. past years. Yeah, but we, rebe- well, that's a story for another day. Yeah, but I do like a I do like a lot of uh, experimental shot, uh, yeah. experimental direction in my movies. It's just I can appreciate it, and it can make sense uh, if you're willing to look that far into it. Yeah. But the problem with experimental stuff is that it can really turn a lot of people off, and, and it's not. It, and a lot of it can be just oh, they don't give a proper answer. You gotta that's right. Kind of like major assumptions. Um, I'll say, did I, I think I've told you that I've, I've done movie reviews in the past, right? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen. Yeah, yeah I, I, I haven't done them since. I think actually Zootopia was my last one. Um, mm-hmm. I jumped the site I did it before. Uh, I did it for it before was kind of getting crazy with its guidelines like mm-hmm. it would only take so many reviews for movie on opening night like i put up a uh, review of force awakens the same night it opened they wouldn't take oh, it cool no nice. they wouldn't take it so i started oh. a new blog oh, and actually nice. this the old site shut down a couple months ago so moot point um okay but i've just uh, i've been so busy with game reviews uh mm-hmm. and some other stuff uh i'll just tell you right now i got i got signed to do um art for an indie game oh cool yeah well, um, what was it? it it hasn't really started Okay. Yet. I, we haven't really discussed like the non-disclosure stuff, but I'm for the just for this for safety's sake, I'll hold off and say anything until we actually reveal. It might even never never happen because we we're still in so preliminary stages. Did I didn't ask anything? You didn't hear anything from me. That's fine. That's okay. Fine. No, you it will not. You will not be to blame if anything like this happens. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything. You, you haven't told anything, me anything. No, no. <laughs> um, and I will say regarding like movies, I will even though like doing that many years of movies, I can point out. I'm able to point out an interview what I think works and doesn't work from a writing or directing perspective or acting or mm. anything i have come to realize i am very bad at um easily picking up underlying themes to a, a story mm. unless they really spell it out to you at one point gotcha um, um I, I i've gotten okay about it and and <laughs> serena john said hi oh <laughs> <laughs> it's cool don't worry about it um I've gotten pretty good with uh, identifying underlining themes, and uh, um, I mean, if you speak to Colin, Colin's you know, Colin's very, very opinionated when it comes to movies and right. games. Right. So he uh, he's pretty much a big old critic. So is my brother Justin. Um, but as for me, I used to critique the hell out of movies, and I loved doing it. Yeah. But what? But what? I, but from what I found while I was doing it is that I kind of uh, lost a little bit of my enjoyment of movies when I was doing that. Right. It, I couldn't just watch a film and be like, they could have did that better. Harumph. I'm going to go, going to go write about it on my yeah. blog. <laughs> and I, I would love writing in my blog about it. But after a while, it's, it just sucks all the freedom of being able to enjoy little things about a movie. You, you know, I have become more critical of movies, but I don't think it's actually quite sapped my enjoyment out of them. Um, mm-hmm. I can't place why I, I think maybe the big takeaway is that, um, you know, I always inwardly, inwardly, inwardly <laughs> grade do the not the one to ten scale, and mm-hmm. uh, I sometimes even do like well, this is in seven point five, and and gotcha. you know, I feel like this reviewing taught me not to like every time I wanted to give something like an eight or a nine, I had to think like does it earn that? Like if it if it's if I'm hovering around that point five star, mm-hmm. then don't don't like sugarcoat it. Yeah, uh, and um for for me and i, I don't say I, I don't say movies uh, i don't say what i said thinking um thinking that 
reviewing is bad. All reviewers are bad. You shouldn't review. By all means, yes, review, uh, critique, uh, continue to re- critique the things yes. that you watch and that you, um, that you see. Because the point of media, the point of entertainment, isn't always or shouldn't ever be to turn your brain off. It's to always think about the things that you're watching and whether or not yeah. you should absorb it and really take something from it. Um, but I say that I had to turn my critique, um, my, my critiquing brain off to an extent because for me personally, it stopped being fun. <laughs> it stopped being very, to a very it stopped being, yeah. uh, it stopped being about enjoying the film. And it was more about me paying money to, talk cash shit about a film <laughs> and i didn't yeah. want to do that you know that does make sense and i feel like maybe if that ever happens to me i'll i'll i'll, I'll stop well mm-hmm. i mean technically i have stopped for the time being i'm so i'm always interested in doing more like you know video reviews and such i did yeah. one for uh i guess my last movie was hardcore henry hardcore henry i don't know if you I, saw that i heard about it and i saw some still uh, i that's saw a, some footage about that, it that's yeah that's a pretty fun one and actually I've, there are a few movies I feel like the Turn Your Brain Off th- can apply to. That one mm-hmm. is one. One of my favorite action movies is a uh, Crank. Cra- I, lo- I actually loved Crank. That is a mindless movie, but it is so entertaining and well done. So, mm-hmm. uh, but most movies, yeah, you shouldn't look at. Um, I would if someone walked into like Schindler's List and be like, "I'm gonna turn my brain off." I'm like, "You, you shouldn't review movies. You shouldn't go to movies." That's <laughs> ninety like ninety five percent of movies, even the bad ones, aren't made aren't truly made for that mindset. Well, I mean, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't go to mo- you shouldn't go to movies. Personally, I feel you shouldn't go to movies just to sit back and turn your brain off and not pay attention because um, you're obviously paying attention to the film. You obviously want to say, "I'm liking this. Well, I, 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 no, I want to I have fun with not, it." Not try to be overly critical. Like, ah, gotcha. Um, okay. Like a movie you don't expect to be a classic. You're not mm-hmm. being really um, like. You're, you're not putting you're not relying a lot on to truly impress to you i gotcha and you know even that i can still be critical but um i guess oh so swerving the topic again because okay. we had mentioned um a few things that we want to just talk about what we've been up to so you had mentioned you saw shin godzilla yes i did uh what were your thoughts i did not I can't say that. <laughs> I was not, about to say not, I was about to say I did not like it, but that's not the truth because um, uh, there were things about the film that I did like. Um, however, Shin Godzilla, while um, it does have a lot of good points about it, it has a lot of. It, it takes a very different look at what or uh, at what Godzilla is mm-hmm. and the underlying theme, underlying themes of how Japan and other neighboring countries approach Godzilla. Fundamentally, it's a boring movie. Okay. I have to be perfectly honest. But it has some interesting concepts to it. It has, it has a lot of interesting That's... concepts. So, like, it has, it has, it's brought forth a, a design of Godzilla that is really bizarre. It's kind of yeah, scary looking. Yeah, and it was really. There's a scene in there that's really, um, really effing cool, but it's only one scene. And okay. quite honestly, um, I, it wasn't the kind of film that I would actually pay money for. It's for, the kind of for film, one scene. Yeah, it, it's yeah. the kind of film that I would, you know, I would pay a small fee for to to kind of study and you know, kind of funny, deconstruct. Because, um, are you are you familiar with Godzilla in general, or like which ones have you seen? I'm familiar with Godzilla in general. I'm not okay. really good. I'm not really I'm not. familiar with Godzilla. I'm yeah. familiar with the icon, and I saw the yes. one with uh, um, uh. What's his name? Watanabe. Um, uh, him, Final him and, No, 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 no. Uh, him and Brian Cranston. Oh, oh the, or, the American reboot. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. That was that was another part. Like, I loved the uh, fire breath at the end. That was also that, kind of boring. It was, uh, yeah, but strangely enough, that one was better. Okay. And I hate to say that because Shin Godzilla yeah. has, was made by one of my favorite, uh, well, yeah, one of my right. favorite directors. Um, and he ha- uh, and he has a way of being uh, of keeping the audience at a distance and showing uh, um, and showing just how like how isolated certain characters can feel, especially yeah. Godzilla. Because you know, it's funny because um, I really don't have knowledge of Godzilla. I uh, I yeah I know the icon, I know some of the monsters. I've never seen any of the originals. I saw the Matthew Broderick version when I was like 11. I liked it then, but I was a dumb kid and I haven't come back. Everybody knows that movie's bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was actually really, because I kind of, it's kind of like, I think people generally view like traditional Godzilla as like cheesy fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was very intrigued when they announced, 
well, both these are technically reboots, the American reboot and Japanese one, and mm-hmm. they were taking a much more grim and epic-looking approach, and I was really... I, I think the problem with the, the American one remake, the American reboot, I expected, like, a lot of tension. Yeah. From those, those trailers were amazing, and yeah. uh, you didn't really get that. You got some neat action, and... I know, I know a lot of people were pissed. I uh, thankfully knew before I saw it that um, Brian Cranston dies a third of the way through that movie. Spoilers. Oh, I wasn't really expecting him to really live it out. The, when they finally announced Brian Cranston was in the film, it felt like a throwaway. So I didn't. I, I really guess, didn't feel. I, yeah, maybe, I really didn't. maybe maybe when he was when they were making it, Breaking Bad hadn't a hundred percent blown up yet. Mm-hmm. And once it you know once it got closer to release, and they realized oh he would a breakout star to become. They pecked him out more. Yeah, um, I think I, I really think that Ken Watanabe uh, was probably a better choice to get start uh, to get like um, top billing for that movie that, because that he's because he, he's just fangirling the entire time about Godzilla and it's so Wait, good. Is, are we talking about um, American or I'm sorry, I'm, uh, we're talking. I'm talking about the um, the most recent American. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I can't I can remember the uh, his that actor's name. Yeah, Ken Watanabe. Uh, I actually don't don't um, don't worry. I googled it because I'm a moron, so yeah. I was like, I need yeah. to figure it out. I mean, I'm um, always up. I'm always I'm always for you know minority representation of blockbusters. That's yeah. such a hot topic now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. And um, he's uh, the way that he uh, had the way that um, Ken felt like deep. I wouldn't say admiration, but he felt respect for Godzilla. The yeah, creature, that was a cool approach. The force. The yeah, le- I remember they were programming that clip. He's like, "Let them fight. This is a force of nature." <laughs> Let's yeah, just and I was like, "Yes, that's pretty that's, cool. That's great." Um, not so much here in Shin Godzilla, and oh. um, there's a lot of. There, there's a lot of bureaucratic nonsense that happens. That doesn't in, feel needed. In, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it doesn't. Uh, it's not needed, but the way the film presents it to the viewer, it's very, it's very. Um, I, I don't want to say dry, hmm. but there's a lot of there, there's a lot of paper handling. There's a lot of talking so to this official. Maybe it sounds like it's, it's a little overlong. Like some some pacing issues. It's it's very overlong. It's very yeah. yeah. It's, it's no I. One thing movies my movies have taught me is when I can feel when a movie is dragging, even a movie I like. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how many people felt it. I thought like the first act of Civil War was one of the slower parts in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening yeah. was awesome. Everything from like uh, the introduction of Black Panther with Bucky onwards was great. Yeah, uh, and it was necessary story building. But I was like, oh, you gotta get me back because Winter Soldier is my favorite uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. That movie kind of shocked me with how much I loved it. And yeah, that was mine just, too edge of your seat the whole time even during slow moments and yeah. uh don't get me wrong civil war is pretty great and uh i i just uh i think my favorite might always be winter soldier for the time winter, winter soldier is definitely my favorite marvel movie as well i yeah. think it's uh, i think it's um a lot more I, I think because it's so contained that it's a it's a lot easier to digest for me it was uh, the tone like i yeah. was not expecting that is the darkest of all those movies in mm-hmm. its story and how it feels and the soundtrack and just because um, I'm sure we'll talk about it another time. My favorite comic movie is always going to be The Dark Knight. I know it is a cliche answer, but I adore it. I I was I remember just not being prepared the first time mm-hmm. I saw that, and now I've like I've I keep going back and looking at it. And it's just like it it I, I have so much respect for how they pulled it it, it pulled it off and the elements I love and mm-hmm. uh, Winter Soldier. I mean they're not aping The Dark Knight, but I thought that's the closest to Marvel thing that got into their tone. And uh, we'll get more into that another time, but. Would you so would you say Shin Godzilla might be worth a look when it's like streaming or something? Absolutely, Avengers? yeah. All right. Because there are, there there are good things about it. They, yeah. Um, uh, like I said, um, because uh, Anno likes um, Anno likes to um, likes to really hone in on how alone or how isolated a particular character feels. You feel that with a certain group of people. You feel that with um, with the organization that represents the Japanese government. And okay. there, there's a, there's a point. In which um, you feel really, really awful for the people who have to, uh, who uh, who are trying to contain Godzilla. Yeah, and it's kind of uncomfortable to be perfectly honest, especially from an American point of view. Um, oh, and I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it here, but uh, they talk about some. They talk about some true shit. I okay. have to be honest. Okay, um, I'm just. Um, I'm going to wager a guess. Uh, it does involve nukes. Yes, it does. Because you know about the inspiration for the original Godzilla, yes, so I, I do. guess they tie it into that in the way. Yes, okay. yeah. that makes sense. And uh, yeah, that's, they, I get what they, you're saying about that being uh, getting real. Yeah, and that was fine. Uh, but the the movie has a way, and I guess the director has a way of um, 
of keeping the audience at arm's length. Mm-hmm. And you feel that throughout the entire film. Yeah. And it's not that great. But one of my biggest gripe with Shin Godzilla, and like I said, there are things that I do like about it. It's basically uh, it's basically ripping a few techniques from Evangelion a little too much. Okay, um, that just kind of sounds like a weird mix, depending on is, what they pulled from it. It's a very well if you <laughs> if, about the fights. Or? Well, some of the fights, some uh, um, actually the last fight was basically a certain angel fight. To be okay. perfectly you honest, get into spoilers. But. I don't want to get into spoilers, but if you don't mind, I can jump into it. Um, um, Maybe another time. Like I feel like we should, we need to mark whether a show is spoilers or not. Okay. Uh, most people, uh, um, but just yeah, if there's anything else you want to say about Shin Godzilla without getting without giving any stuff away. Basically, if you've seen Evangelion, you're going to be seeing some, a big load of fan service coming out of that movie. Uh, and uh, at the first time I saw it, I I totally geeked out. I have to be honest. I was I was a giddy little schoolgirl in my in my theater uh-huh. seat. However. They did it a little bit too much, and it became it, it became a little lazy, to be perfectly honest. That's a shame. It is. Uh, I need to properly watch Hall of Ava, I guess, before I see this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on my bucket list. Have you uh, seen the Have you seen the the rebuilds of Ava? No, the- I had all I've really seen are parts of uh, End of Evangelion, and the first DVD I ever owned that my parents got for me when we got a DVD player in Christmas two thousand one was the uh, second disc, oh. uh, the one with Ray on the cover. I remember. I, the only ones I remember are uh, they introduced Azka. They had like a rival company trying another robot that didn't work. Um, I think there was you know Misato got her own episode about something. Gotcha. Uh, I'll revisit it someday. Um, That's fine. We we have the rebuilds. Uh, so the next time you're up here or the next time we meet okay. up, I can I, I can loan them to you. It's the re- fine. Was the rebuild the the new movies? Yeah, and the first movie is basically the first yeah. three or four episodes it's of the series. And it's okay to watch those without watching this show then? The first one. The first, first one, one's okay, okay to watch um, to watch uh, in tandem with the series because they basically take the, um, take certain frames um, of the series and it's a, um, and they redraw over them. To look awesome. So the, well, yeah, to look awesome. They yeah, do yeah, some new, anim- they do some new animation too. The, all the rebuilds are gorgeous, to, uh, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But you can definitely see a jump in quality when you go from the a first 90s TV show to well, a well, not movie. well, not just that. From because the first rebuild is basically a um, is basically a lot of the first few episodes of the original series redrawn. Um, once you get to the second rebuild, because they have a lot of new animation, you definitely see the difference. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll 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 keep that in mind. Sure thing. Um, Okay, so uh, I, the one thing I want – we should probably finish up pretty soon if that's sure. – uh, unless you want to go over the line, but I, I, I don't want to keep you all night. No, no, it's fine. I got to get ready for bed soon anyways. Okay, so um, I wanted to bring up – I think you and Serena had seen this on Facebook. Serena was commenting on it. I just uh, – because I do game reviews. I just reviewed the indie PC game Owlboy that just she, came out. She told me about Owlboy. She just, said that you – she said she got that from you actually. Yeah, did, did she have it already, or is she? Uh, no, well, she mentioned it based on what you were yeah, saying about yeah. it. Yeah, um, it is in the running for maybe might be my favorite game of the year, and I was oh, not wow. expect, I was not expecting that, but um, okay. I gave it a nine. Um, it's an interesting game because do you know about its development history? Mm-mm. It was announced like eight years ago. No, oh. and I think it started development like two thousand seven. Basically, okay. it's a very small like five developers in like Sweden or something. Mm-hmm. So it was basically a passion project and apparently uh, they would often uh, revamp it due to player feedback and also oh. they also ultimately um, uh, set some time aside to make a smaller title. I think it's called Savant Ascent. It's also on Steam. Also oh, okay. kind of pixel art but more like small like arcade style than a grand picture. So I had said in the review like I thought it looked interesting when I've seen pictures and stuff. It's like very, it's some of the best pixel art I've ever seen. Like the animation, yeah. the detail, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, huh. I was worried like either this thing's never going to come out or it's going to be like Duke Nukem Forever where it comes out, but it's not oh, cool man. it's archaic. <laughs> um, but I I still, even with my best expectations, I was not expecting to be as kind of blown away as I was by it. Awesome. Uh, it really, have you, played, you played Shovel Knight, right? Yes. You know how like I always kind of felt like if that game... As it as it is, had been on released on the NES, we would still hmm. kind of consider it a classic to this day. Mm. That's how I feel about Shovel Knight. I feel like you'd say the same with Owlboy in like the PS One generation. Like uh, there, that's cool. 
there weren't a lot of PS1 Pixar games, mm-hmm. but there were some great ones. Like uh, I think the biggest example is Symphony of the Night. Okay. Like the PS1 was capable of those great kind of games, and you, I even like some of the Mega Man games they did, but uh, it was kind of a rare breed. And so this, like the pixel art, is beyond what you would see on like the, in, like, the 16-bit area. Like it is closer to 32-bit, only full 1080p widescreen, and um, and it's not just the graphics. Like I knew that was going to be nice. I really got involved with the story and characters. Like, you're talking about, like, you know, getting to know these... Your main character, even though, like, they actually specify in the, even in the game of the world, he's mute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, he is so emotive through these animations, and even the situations he ends up in, like, you feel for him. And you get... Um, the gimmick is, like, you only directly play as this owlboy, uh, Otis. He gets mm-hmm. three partners over time. And the way they play is, when you fly, you have unlimited flight, because he's an owl. Uh, you can also run the ground from time, whenever you want, but mostly be flying he can carry them and it kind of functions like a dual joystick shooter where oh. the d-pad or left stick moves otis and the others all have some sort of projectile they can use that's and, cool like, the first one you get is kind of a default blaster the second has like a, the equivalent of a shotgun but it takes a long time to reload mm-hmm. and the third one has a uh, grappling hook and a webbing type thing that can paralyze enemies but not kill them and you switch once as you get each of them you can switch between them instantly with the the bumpers on, on like your, your gamepad like lb and rb and like and that's actually a big part of strategy when, like, you're fighting bosses or even just navigating through environments. Like, you'll need to switch between them. Uh, you need to, like, Otis, can't, it, he's faster when he's not carrying one. And he mm-hmm. can do a little spin melee attack on his own. But it's just so smart in how they handle that. Because I remember when I was doing, like, the first dungeon with the first guy. Because you can drop them with the left trigger and fire with the right trigger. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so aggravating. I have to keep, like, losing him and pick him up. And where he gets hurt. They don't have their mm-hmm. own health. And uh, when you finish that dungeon, you get a teleport ability where you press, I think, Y, and they just warp into your claws instantly, and they can stick between them. Like, it is just, they, they, they went the extra mile in doing stuff to make, keep it from being unnecessarily clunky. And, um, and like I mentioned, the story is surprisingly emotional and dark, and there's still, it, it doesn't feel overbearing. Like, it's still a beautiful world, a lot of fun characters. It reminds me a lot of stuff like Final Fantasy. Like, when you look at a Final Fantasy game, like, 99% of the stuff in that is really sad. Yeah. You still get a lot of little funny moments, and, you know, generally, you typically end up with the ending of some sort. And I would say the same with Owlboy. Actually, the ending of it is very bittersweet. I'm not going to do the spoilers. Um, okay. But, um, and actually, if I had, like, my only real big complaints about the game, like, I did have some issues with the ending, but it wasn't enough to uh, sour me on on everything that came before it. It's not okay. a, it's not a Mass Effect three or anything. If you know, remember like how people freaked out about that. Um, okay, uh, I think uh, I think you're starting to break up there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I was backing away. Let me know if I break up again. Well, you're breaking up now. Okay, maybe we should call it quits. Okay, <laughs> but um, we will maybe we'll talk more about Owlboy another time. Um, sure. Uh, I want to thank you for doing this. I'm going to cut off the recording now, but I will say. Uh, if you want to, I'm going to try and brainstorm ideas for the podcast name. Uh, just okay. something fun. It could be like a catch, like maybe like some sort of pop culture reference or even just something you think that I would think would sum up what our goal is. Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll think I about have, it. I have nothing in mind right now. Yeah, it's neither like, do I, but who knows. Yeah. And I, maybe we could actually like try like drawing our own like self portraits of like our heads or something. We both draw so it makes sense to uh, do that kind of thing. Like there's another podcast I follow that does that kind of thing when they do cartoons and stuff. Okay. Um, so I guess that is it. Thank you so much for this. And uh, no problem, I look John. forward to doing this more. I think it's going to go pretty well. All right, John. I'll catch you later. Have a good All night. Right. You too. Bye. Bye.